So now I'm going to lead a meditation on the death process using uh, the map of the what is called the eight dissolutions. Not going into all the details, just uh, using it as a kind of a map which I will hold lightly. So one, uh, one idea of uh, studying first uh, the eight dissolutions and then familiarizing ourselves with that and our experience is um, that we might be able to recognize some of the signposts throughout the death process. So when we are actually dying, that means that we can keep a certain kind of awareness through the process. And our vision, our idea is that when at the end of the dissolution, the clear light mind of death reveals itself mind itself reveals itself, non-dual consciousness reveals itself, that there is enough familiarity and enough presence at that moment that we don't contract, we don't retrieve, that our homing instinct is so strong that we recognize that as our true home. What happens if, uh, if we are not familiar, if we mainly rest within our sense of self in the causal level of consciousness, that when that ground reveals itself, that we get scared. So in this meditation, I will just... Uh, and if there would be space here, it would be actually, in this case, it would be good to lie down, yeah, but we can't do this now, so we have to do it seated up. And maybe it's also appropriate not to go too deep into this meditation in, in this context. Yeah? So maybe it's good to stay seated. So you don't need to... Uh, uh, reflect on the different stages. Uh, just uh, you know, go along, and it is basically a letting go, a dissolution of what you are aware of and what you think you are. So we imagine we 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 kind of we. We imagine ourselves to sink through these different la layers. So it is a kind of self-inquiry meditation. Exploring who am I when I not refer to thoughts, to memories, to words. When I imagine that 
these layers of my experience that that disintegrates and I can't hold on to it anymore. So let's see, let's try, let's make this little experiment. And we start by adjusting our posture into a comfortable way to sit. And uh, in this case, it's good to close your eyes and take a few moments to shift into the felt sense of your body. Noticing what you bring with you into this moment. How's the inner weather? The breath. All senses are open. Thoughts are coming and going. You feel the aliveness in your body, befriending your own energy. And then imagine yourself lying in a bed. And it's obvious that this is the end of your life. know that you are dying. So imagine yourself. Maybe you are in a room with some family members or with a doctor and you know that this is the end of your life, of this life. So you notice that your body becomes weak and powerless. Might be a sense of sinking into the mattress. The first sense, which you start to lose, is the sight, so your vision becomes unclear. Your body becomes so weak, you can't even open your eyes anymore. Colors and shapes dissolve. All the fluids in your body dry up, 
your mouth becomes very dry. The hearing weakens. You can no longer hear external or internal sounds. The digestion stops. And slowly the conceptual capacity of remembering names, relationships, things you possess, things you have done in life, memories, they start to dissolve. You can't even remember the names of close people. You can't remember knowledge. Your inhalation becomes weak and the exhalation long. You don't remember who you are. You don't remember your name your purpose. You lose the connection with your surroundings. You lose the capacity to, to sense touch. Someone might hold your hand, but you can't feel it anymore. The last sense which goes is the taste. And smell. And then at one point, a weak inhale is followed by a long exhale. And no inhale. You sink deeper. There is an experience of vacuity. Maybe initial, initially dark. 
There's nothing you can hold on to. No time. No thoughts. There's no boundaries. And you sink deeper. And then slowly an experience of a clear, open autumn sky just before dawn appears. filled with light. Go towards the light. There is nobody there to experience the light. You merge with the light. There is no time, no boundaries, infinity. Let go. Forget yourself. no separation, no purpose. Clarity, no struggle, nowhere else to go. And then in that timeless, infinite radiance, a yearning appears, a wish, 
to love. to share. And that wish takes the shape of a beam of light, a column of light, and you are that light, the light of bodhicitta. And that light beam, that column of light, takes the shape of your body as it is now. You manifest yourself in this body, in this personality, in this life, in these relationships, on the column of light, on that beam of light. And you feel how that light pushed out through your body, through the pores of your body, through your mouth, through the eyes, through your heart, through your hands. Everything is as it is. Everything appears as it is. But you're coming from a different place. You're coming from infinite, infinity, from timelessness. Radiating into the mandala of your life. the source, the source is emerging through you, and this personality these habits, these memories, are the instrument of this source, are the instrument of this light. You are not in charge anymore, Bodhicitta is.
another light which is emerging through you, through your eyes, through your mouth, through your hands. into the world. details um, and uh, it might be helpful to to look into that but uh, even without knowing all the details I think um, this uh, this kind of meditation of imagining to sink through the layers of the conditioned mind might be a, a helpful reflection and a helpful journey to find some answer some sense to lead you into an experience of who you or what you are if you don't refer to thoughts, if you don't refer to words, if you don't refer to memories, if you don't refer to feelings, if you don't refer to experience. So it might give an opportunity to experience the gap between all of those. So imagine a gap. And what is there then? What is encouraging maybe in this, or inspiring or interesting is, to listen to people who tell their stories about near-death experience. There's a, on YouTube there's a lot of interviews you can listen to uh, of people who have a near-death experience. It's really uh, fascinating to independent of their belief system or independent of their religious background uh, that they uh, describe an experience which in this map is called 
the clear light mind of death. In infinity, which is described by these people as the experience of pure love, but then even the word pure love is too to concrete, too much. My mother had this. Mm. She was uh, at the hospital and her uh, heart rate went down nearly to zero, but they came with the injection mm -hmm. to make it mm. uh, react. But uh, she told afterwards that it was, uh, she didn't want to come back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was like mm. nothing to be afraid of, she said. Yes. It's like a peaceful, yeah. nice. Yes. Yeah. That's some of the people who have near-death near experiences. Uh, that there seems to be, in that moment, a bit of a struggle mm. of actually, on one hand, wanting to let go, and on the, one, on the other hand, uh, some pull back. Yeah. My grandmother comes back. Mm. She uh, <clears throat> died at, at 85 from a heart problem. She came into the emergency and I was with her. And she was very... Uh, dear to me. Mm. And then they saved her. Yeah. And she was in a bed, and she wasn't that bad out, as I understood. <clears throat> and, uh, and then she said to me, now I want to die. No, grandmother, I said, no, 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 you don't need to do that. Yes, she said, and then she stopped eating and drinking, and I went to her with my... Uh, lavender, <laughs> mm. you know, smelly. Mm. So I put under her nose to make her react, and she didn't react. And she just lie there, don't want to communicate, not even answer my lavender. <laughs> mm. and then she died. Yes. And so you were present when she did her last out breath. That. No. I don't know. Mm. But I was so. Uh, I remember the the uh, uh, the conflicting feelings in me when I both wanted her back mm. and I wanted her respect, mm. her will, her last will. She was mm. finished with life. And she mm. declared it. Mm. And I didn't expect that to make my mother. Mm. So there were obviously sides I haven't been aware of in her or mm. in our relationship. Of course, you could say. Yeah, I just came to mm. 
So maybe we can imagine or contemplate um, how you know, what, what would be a, a, a good uh, you know, what would be a, a wholesome way of being in that situation? when you are present, when a loved person does her or his last out-breath. Because what you described, that you know, wanting to hold her, that, that's of course natural, uh, and that, that's uh, something which might appear within us but it's probably not the most helpful for the other person. So to find a balance between our emotional responses uh, to the situation and at the same time to realize that I'm here for her. I'm not here for me. So it's it's not it's it's not easy to to give yourself the permission to feel what you feel and you can't prevent it. But um, yeah, to have the inspiration to be able to uh, put one's own reactions. Yeah, to, to let it pass, yeah, to, to give it space and let it pass. And um, instead of whispering into the ear of that person, please don't go, I feel so alone, I want you in my life, uh, to whisper in that ear, just let go, you're safe, go towards the light. To whisper to that person, either physically but mentally something which you would would wish to like to hear in this in the last moments of your life a permission a giving space yeah. saying to that person you don't need to worry about me go towards the love let go and to feel a uh, feel that bond to that person which is not bound in the physical, which is not bound to that body. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then to give expression to, the, to one's own grief and the missing after. In the, in the teachings around uh, supporting someone dying, sometimes you read, it is even a question if it, no, no, we all wish probably to be surrounded by the people we love. Uh, 
but uh, that could be also a problem because uh, it might be more difficult <coughs> to let go if other people can't let go. So some people decide to die alone in the night when nobody is around. <coughs> because that's then the space where they can let go without guilt. Yes? Uh, we talked in the beginning about that in Western we are so <coughs> inherited with with fear and guilt and shame. They are not bad in the East, mm. Eastern tradition. And I wonder if they in the Eastern tradition are more allowing of feelings, human all human feelings, uh, sadness, anger, and mm. so. Because I I'm abroad yeah. with uh, a restricted, um, I shouldn't show any feelings. Yes. I should always behave. Yeah. And uh, my my compromise was this lavender. <laughs> uh, but I had this tension inside. Mm. But I mean, perhaps. There are differences in East and West on the whole with emotions. Mm. And if the culture allow ordinary mm. human emotions, then it's easier to let go of them. Yeah. But we have more difficulty in the West. Yeah. Yes, I'm not sure. I mean, there is uh, cultures where there seems to be more space to express emotions, but I'm not sure if that is helpful for the dying person. No. Uh, no. And, like... No, it's not. Uh, so... I mean... Uh, I, I wouldn't say that Tibetans are... or Eastern people I've met, that they are more fluid in their expression of emotions, but maybe they have a bigger inner space for them. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, because also in Indian culture, it is rather a sign of weakness or uh, immaturity if you express too much your emotions. But it could be that there is a that there is a more capacity um, in a Tibetan practitioner to find to to find that middle way between suppressing and expressing, to just be with that energy and let it pass and let it pass through, and not feeling guilty by it. Yeah. yeah so if there is a an emotion which doesn't fit into the context of, at least culturally, uh, that uh, they don't feel guilty about it, but they also don't need to express it. Something like that, maybe. Yeah, mm. I just get back because I 
if you if you really believe and the culture believes mm. in your every human inner goodness yes and uh, yeah. then i think that's the main that's thing the, that's, that's i think that's the main difference yeah. yes you could contain it yes i think that's the main difference yeah mm. Yeah. Yes. So does that mean when a person is dying, for example, the the on the machine you see the zero heart rate, mm. should we rescue them or should we just let them pass peacefully without any disturbance to be in the ICU and stuff like that? That's the direction to go, I think. It's a uh, but um, I mean, we in the West, we we need to, you know, um, make an agreement about that. Probably, like I had that agreement with my father, so he he was uh, conscious on his last day, and I spent the day with him. And then uh, he, he had leukemia, but he was quite fine until the last two, three weeks. And, uh, and it was not uh, obvious that he will die that day because he was, you know, he, he still, he, he had breakfast and he was weak and it was obvious that death is close, but uh, it was not expected that he is going to die that day. And then he had a kind of stroke or something. We don't know what it was, but he became unconscious. And uh, and it was a bit like, it looked like a stroke. Uh, and then the emergency, emergency team uh, rushed into the room, you know, wanting to do their thing, like, uh, No, the wanting to do anything to save, uh, to, to, to prolong life. And uh, quite often what that actually means is we only prolong the dying and the suffering. So the, I said to the doctor, my father doesn't want to have any life prolonging uh, intervention and he looked at me like as if I'm crazy or something <laughs> like that and he said are you sure yes I'm sure and I was sure about it because my father told me and we actually had signed uh, a contract yeah like I guess you have something like this in Sweden also. So they just packed their thing again, their things again, and, and they left the room, and and then they uh, and then they didn't come back. You know? Then it was uh, closed for them. But that's probably a a question where there's no like easy answer to. No. When is the moment when you um, 
stop the this inhuman prolonging of of life when 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 is that i think it's just there just there but yeah. like for my mother for example with lung cancer she decided to stop any treatment about one year ago and and she had a life expect expen expect so uh, of a few months and she's still alive and actually with stopping all the treatments and all checking and you know uh, looking into what's happening so it, that actually enhanced her life quality for quite a long time for many months because she didn't suffer from the side effects and from the stress to do the clinic and look at the pictures and discuss what uh, what is next so that was a quite early decision yeah and many people would have decided differently I tried to not influence her but I was happy about that decision these are important questions to contemplate and the and um, it's very personal. There's no right or wrong answer to that. Also, I wonder how I will respond to this. How much uh, I would um, decide to go into the treatments and or how much I would have the courage to just die. when it's time mm, yeah I guess it's yeah it's kind of tough and also depending on different situations for example mm. if you found a man being shot and then on the street and laying down we were going to call 911 or ambulance to sure. say, yeah mm. right sure mm. yes mm. Yeah. yes of course then I I would uh, try I was close to a family where the father, old father, was obviously dying and he himself um, talked about things he would do next week and next month mm. and everybody was kind of pretending mm. and not saying what was very obvious Yeah. That was, I think that was difficult to just look at. Um, yes. Somehow I, I felt almost like we, we took away the right for him to, to feel that he actually was going. Yeah, but then you can also imagine situations where that's the most kind to do. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's very individual. So mm. my mother is sometimes a little shocked when I 
uh, when I uh, don't go there, when I don't participate in plans about next year. <laughs> so that, that then she then she says, ah, you, you 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 don't you, you you don't need to do that." <laughs> Let's talk about the future, where, where I move after this. <laughs> Yes. Something about this uh, with this dying and, and to be in these uh, places. Uh, uh, my, my mother, she was died, uh, dying for nearly three years ago now. Mm -hmm. And she become really old. Yeah, she must have been really old. <laughs> <laughs> And she must have been a very young mother, <laughs> right? She was one hundred and one year. Ah, okay. And she was dying. One hundred and one year. Yeah. Mm. Yes. And, and she she was, uh, but yeah. Uh, what what I, it's um, it's a bit difficult to talk about this for me because uh, mm. I, I don't think I have enough. Uh, uh, how to say to uh, really think about this her death and so because it, it was it was uh, for for me to look at her it was difficult to, to see the situation she mm. was in mm. so but for her her perhaps it did not was so so it's um, two parts in this thing to mm. to to be the one who are are looking at and so on, and um, she and, and what I would what, what I would wanted to say is just also this to how to to be with the people who are around her, and so because when she she had an accident she was falling in in uh, right there she was living in in an elder house with elder people. And then she hit her head and like got uh, um, like a stroke after that. Mm. And uh, first she looks normal, but the day after she she collapsed and and be uh, I think she be unconscious, medvetslös. Uh, yeah, mm. Yes. Uh, so so they took her to the hospital. Mm. And uh, so, in this situation, when she was unconscious, she she they moved her, and this is mm. all me. This this is uh, things I think about. Mm. But I they called me and said that she had been falling and things like that, but and and uh, so on. But uh, and the next day, they called that she had uh, collapsed and. She had to to move her to the hospital, and I I, I didn't uh, I didn't know what to say. Mm. 
So I just accept it. Mm, mm. That she, she could go, yeah. Mm. And uh, after a while I called the hospital and, and asked how it was with her. And, uh, and then they, they, there they didn't have what her name was. So it, it felt so, so strange that, that this connection between um, the, the person who was working in the elder house uh, didn't have a connection with the people at the hospital and, and tell the name of her and things like that. So, so the doctor when I talked with asked what, what is the name you, you say to her? And I said it's Margareta. She's her name is and and uh, so on. The next day I I go up then to Nortelje, North Stockholm, and uh, when I come there to to her, she was uh, her eyes was open, but it was like she I, I felt like she wasn't there. Mm-hmm. It was like uh, she all. I felt like she she already had passed away in one mm-hmm. way. The body was mm-hmm. alive, the heart was beating, and and the, but she looks very peaceful in the face. Mm-hmm. The wrinkles was uh, disappeared, and and she looked very peaceful. Mm-hmm. And I felt I felt uh, uh, how to say. Uh, Yes, I, I think about where, where can she be? Is she still in the body or have she passed mm. away? Mm. And my, my sisters and brother was there when I come there and they was, they was talking loudly together with each other. And I felt, oh, please, can't, can't you speak a little bit, little bit uh, quiet, a little bit more quiet? Oh, the, uh, then it, it become problem and then I just left it that didn't say anything more mm. so so um, the first night I was there I was uh, there with with my mother then and then I I was um, uh, do some pray prayer with, with and do some mantras and and I was close to her when I did that and uh, felt that um, her breath was going down and be more more easy when I did this this, uh, mantras to her prayer in one way so yes but she she didn't pass away that and then I Become for myself so tired I couldn't be stay there next uh, next night. So my other sister come there and be with my mother next next, and then she passed away that mm. night. Uh, the body passed away. So, mm. but, uh, so I, I have also a question about this: Can can we pass away from the body before the body is died? Have death? Mm. Can can we have left? Mm-hmm. And uh, because I, yes. You think I have the answer? <laughs> yes. <I'm laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. But, but I yeah. think perhaps you have some experience or, or heard something. <laughs> or don't know anything about. Uh, no, I think uh, they would. They would say that. Uh, 
the the consciousness leaves the body after the eight dissolutions, which includes the stopping of the breath and and so the stopping of the heartbeat and so on and so on. And and then even then uh, it takes a while for the consciousness to leave the body. So from from a Tibet from this death process point of view, the death is not has not occurred with the seizing of the breath and the seizing of the uh, brain activity, but some time later. Mm. Okay. Yes. But I think it's difficult this with the hospital and, and things like that because they don't leave the body and mm. be like mm. uh, after. Mm. They cannot have have the in a room. They <coughs> the next need to come into that room and yes. and so so this stillness. It's it's a, it's it's a difficult to to have mm. this uh, stillness. Yes. Perhaps on the hospital uh, hospital. Uh, I had hospice. Mm. Hospice, yes. Yeah, that's the people are dying. But yeah. it is perhaps yeah. it's easier there. Mm. My mother passed away with uh, the old people's home. Uh, they, we told uh, she was a nurse, so she would know the process. And uh, we just told them we take care of this. <laughs> You don't. Uh, you just help with. She had a lot of pain, so she got some painkillers. That's that's all. And we took care of her afterwards and uh, made her clean and nice and everything. And they let us do it and also let her stay uh, several hours. That, uh, so if you ask for it, I think they will agree. Sometimes, yeah. Uh, and if not, then still. Uh, in the hours and days after uh, you can bring the stillness and the loving presence uh, into the process even now so if you feel that there is something something you wish would have wished to give your mother in these hours and days you can do it now Can I do it like uh, that? I think about how how I wish it. Yes. Could, yes. Could exactly. How, I, yes. how it could be the yes. best way to to be in that situation. Yes. In the death process yes. for her. To, to and yes. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Thank you. Sorry, online people, that you can't hear. I have not found a solution for this. What's the problem? Yeah, they can't hear what the people say, ah. so it's a bit difficult uh, to participate. So I, I don't. I hope you are not feeling alone over there. So. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's nice a good idea. That's a good idea. Nice to see them. And them. Yes. Ha, ha, ha.
That was a good idea. <laughs> so they, they, they know that they are part of the group. That we are still alive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> okay.